Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You're listening to Viewpoint Alabama, a public affairs program from the Alabama Radio Network about the people, places, and events that impact our state. Well, hello and welcome to Viewpoint Alabama. I am your host, Leah Brandon, and boy, do we have some hot topics to talk about today. Everything seems to be centered in Montgomery. So I want to bring in a Montgomery expert. That's what I call the former state representative, Paul DeMarco, because Paul lived down there in the swamp for a few years. He knows how stuff is done, and he can also take a look at a story and really get to the heart of it, whereas, you know, some other people might dress it up and talk around the peripheral things. He's going to get to the meat of it exactly like this abortion bill. So this is the first thing we definitely need to discuss. Paul, thank you so much for joining us. Always glad to be with you. Well, let's talk about this abortion bill. It is being widely misrepresented. I think it's being done that way on purpose in the national news. Even certain Alabama newspapers are really just slamming this thing. First of all, this bill does not go into effect for another six months. This bill does not have anything in it about sending women to prison for getting an abortion. And if you're ever on Twitter, Alyssa Milano has lost her mind over this. She even claims that according to the Alabama abortion law that was just signed this week by Governor Kay Ivey, she says that we're going to have to prove that we didn't miscarry on purpose to stay out of prison. Uh, The theatrics are out of control. You know, some would look at this and say it really seems that to some women, the number one most important issue in the world is killing babies. And it's not a good look. And for, you know, some other states like New York, which they have passed the most lenient abortion bill, yet I'm not sure that they ever got any negative coverage on it. Paul, um, what are you hearing about this bill that is being misrepresented the most? Well, let's take one point you just made. It is not surprising, and none of us should be shocked, that the mainstream media has focused on legislation out of Alabama and ignored what happened in New York when it was disgusting that the the New York legislature was clapping and cheering after they passed legislation that said that after a baby was born, that you could still kill that baby. That's right. Abortion would be allowed up to the point of delivery— And if the abortion was successful at the point of delivery, you could then terminate the baby's life after the baby had been born. So we've got to look at it through that prism. 
what you're seeing reported from the mainstream media out of New York and Washington, D.C., you got to take it with a grain of salt, and you got to come back here to Alabama to look what was actually passed and what was signed into law by Governor Ivey. And the first point is, just like you said, is this won't take effect for six months, right. which means in the next six months, there will be litigation to uh, stop this bill, which is what the sponsors of the bill passed this in the first place to get this to the United States Supreme Court. Absolutely. And, you know, one of the things um, the author of this bill actually says, you know, that critics have been fixating on the lack of exceptions for rape and incest. And his name is Eric Johnson. He's an attorney. And he says, look, if we put in those exceptions, actually, it would have killed the bill. And the whole point is to get it to the Supreme Court. But he did have this to say that is uh, pretty interesting. The bill is based on personhood. It doesn't matter how you're conceived. If you're conceived by consent, by accident, by rape, by incest, or artificial insemination, you are still a person. That's right. And it is about personhood. And we have to remember that Roe versus Wade, when was that passed? Like 1973? I think it was, yes, around 73 or so. Okay. So if in almost every other area of our lives, science has moved forward and we've started looking at things differently in many situations, shouldn't this also be a situation that we revisit at the highest court. And so what you'll see is the United States Supreme Court. Now, look, that's another thing. Everybody thinks something's going to happen in the next year or so. (laughs) Things move very slowly in the court system. First of all, this would have to be addressed by the lower court, a United States District Court here in Alabama. Mm -hmm. Then that could be six months to a year. Then At that point, it would probably be appealed to the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals, which is the next level appellate court before the Supreme Court. That could take another year, year and a half. And before, at that point, the Supreme Court, if it was um, upheld or rejected by the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals, then the Supreme Court would have to make a decision, would they decide to take this case up or not? Right. Now – There are other cases from other states out there that the court could take up before they address this, or they could just say, you know what, we're not going to take this up. We're going to take up another. So we'll see what happens, but we're talking two, three years from now before this may ever get even in the position to be decided by the United States Supreme Court. Okay, and so if that is the case, do you think that there could be uh, some federal court judge somewhere doing what they have done with President Trump ever since he's been in office and putting a nationwide injunction based on this particular case? Do you Would that be possible for that to happen? Well, you do have federal judges that are ruling, but of course, that doesn't mean it is binding for other districts around the country. So just because you have a district judge in one, it would be appealed and other courts would say, well, that's what you're saying here, but it would be automatically appealed. So you might have a federal judge, and that's where the United States Supreme Court comes and says there is conflicting rulings in different districts or right. different circuits around the country. Right. And that's where the United States Supreme Court gets involved and says, well, this cir- the Fifth Circuit says this, or the Ninth Circuit says this, the Eleventh Circuit says this. We will be the final arbiter 
over what the law of the land will be. And, you know, it's sort of the pendulum swing is the way that I look at it, because New York went crazy all the way to the other side to basic infanticide with their law. And so uh, Virginia followed very closely behind them and almost got their bill similar to New York passed. It didn't pass by one vote. And so now you're starting to see the other side. People are horrified that the, you know, the law is that you can kill a baby up Till the moment before delivery, it's just it's just not right. And so now people are coming in on the other side. And this is the way it works. You know, it is the pen, the pendulum swing. And uh, there are about 55 percent of people in this country, according to a brand new survey that was just done yesterday, that believe our abortion laws are way too lenient. And I think that is reflected with the legislation you've seen in Alabama and Georgia, Missouri, Mm -hmm. and other states. So the question will be, which of these bills, uh, which of these laws that are in effect does the Supreme Court eventually take up? Is it it an Alabama-type law or is it a a Georgia-type law, a heartbeat, a fetal heartbeat bill? So you know, we'll be all watching over the next two to three years, what does the United States Supreme Court ultimately take up to decide the conflict between the different circuits around the country. There we go. Now, I do believe that you've had a lot of people talk to you about this gas tax that was forced down our throats. And we found out that a bunch of the money was going to go to Mobile Bay. And there was some other money that was going to be diverted to, uh, I think, expand a marina for the Cook Brothers big ship. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the money is, is it going to the roads at all? The Mobile Bay Bridge, uh, I-10, why are they charging a toll? Why are they promoting that instead of using the money? There, there's so after, or let's let's go back before the bill was even passed or and signed into law regarding the gasoline tax. The advocate said this tax money will be used only for bridges and roads. We have crumbling infrastructure. Mm-hmm. We're going to make sure that there's transparency. It will not be used for pay, and this it won't be used for the roads. Uh, and so then the law was passed, and now you've seen legislation that says, oh, it can be used for other infrastructure issues, including dredging of uh, rivers and other. Uh, other. Yeah. And so it's it not going to the roads, up, folks. <laughs> it's opening it up, and that's why people already do not have faith in elected officials and the politicians. And then you pass this legislation. It passed out of the Senate. It has not passed out of the House yet. So that's where the lack of trust and why people say, well, we don't want to give you any more money because you said it was going to be used for this, and now it could be used for this. Now, that, again, is a bill in the legislature. It's passed the Senate. It has not passed the House. So hopefully the House will say, wait a second, we passed this legislation and said it was only going to be used for roads and bridges. We're not going to turn around and say it can be used for everything out there. Because if you do that, then again, it'll be just what people said. We told you so. The more things change, the more they're the same. You tell us one thing and you do something different. Yeah, it's exactly right. But look, let's take a look at how this was rammed down our throats with a special session. It was baked in the cake. We never had any input at all. We're the ones that have to pay for it. And all it's going to be 
every time there's a gas tax increase, I've seen this in different states that I've lived in. The gas tax change out those words with slush fund. It never well, goes to infrastructure. It always goes to pet projects. Well, the, uh, the concern people had was, you know, whether you agreed or disagree about more funding for roads was the procedure, the process that the bill was filed and folks did not have enough opportunity to debate Any. and review the bill. Any opportunity so quickly, mm-hmm. which again, on purpose, a lot of folks were, were upset about it in the in the first place. Like, you know, they they said, look, we can debate the merits, but when it's the procedure is what they didn't like. Just like when folks complained about when Obamacare and Nancy Pelosi said you have to pass the bill to know what's in the bill. That's People correct. Don't like that, they're frustrated by that. They're tired of the that happening over and over where bills are rammed through. Again, reasonable people can disagree about the merits of legislation, but when you don't even have time to debate it, that's why people don't have faith. And they say, don't come back and ask for more and more and more when we don't trust the procedure or process you got in place right now. Look, there's an old saying, and I I think I uh, am borrowing it from Dr. Phil. And here it is. Those who have nothing to hide, hide nothing. There's no question that the way the Montgomery legislature, along with our dear governor, rammed this through under the cover of night, uh, you know, just to get it into the special session, that right there should have set off all kinds of red flags. And I don't know how we could have stopped it. I don't think we could have stopped it. I hope the House does something at this point, but... Uh, you know, I, I'm I'm not holding my breath. And, you know, the other thing is that they didn't put an end to it. There's no sunset. These gas tax increases will go on forever. And that's not fair to the residents of Alabama. Well, I'm like you. I hope the House does not support this legislation that these dollars go to all over, you know, all over the place, but not for what they said the money would go to, roads and bridges. So hopefully that will not pass. And folks out there across Alabama can go back to their legislators and say, hey, look, you said it was going to go to infrastructure. We don't want it going to all other places. You're taking the tax dollars for the gas. Send it to where it's supposed to. You you said you promised it was going to go to roads and bridges. So we'll see. There's a couple more weeks of the legislative session. We'll see if that bill passes uh, the House and goes to the governor. Oh, sure. I believe it's going to pass. I believe they're just going to hold their nose and do it because they want that money. And that's just all it comes down to. It's not principle. It's about money. Well, this is Paul DeMarco, our former state representative. And you are so up on everything going on in Montgomery. Right now, we've got so much happening. We're going to call you back and discuss more. And thank you so much for your wonderful input. Always glad to be with you. Thank you. You're listening to Viewpoint Alabama, a public affairs program from the Alabama Radio Network. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Hello, you're listening to Viewpoint. I'm Angie Norvell, your host. Today we're talking with Cindy Bond, post-secondary and career specialist at Hoover High School. Cindy, welcome to Viewpoint. Thank you. We wanted to talk a little bit today about our graduates. A lot of people are getting out there and ready to start their future. Most will have college on their mind. So what's the first step? I'll tell you, it's, it is, it's a difficult time for a lot of students. I think, I think they've spent you know, the past couple of years doing everything they can to be best prepared for college, whether that's for admission or scholarship. And then they, they it all culminates in, in graduation. And then they kind of have, have a, now what do I do moment? And so a lot of them take, decide to go ahead and jump in and maybe take a summer class at their local community college, which I think is a great idea because it gives them the chance to start college in the fall with some college work under their belts. It gives them the confidence to realize, okay, I can do this. It's not, you know, it's just the next step up from what I've done as a high school senior. And um, they kind of enter college taking their full load of classes in the fall, a little more ready um, with a little more understanding of what's to be expected of them. I also have a lot of students that just work a summer job. And, and for that, for them, they're maybe saving up, going to help out with their tuition for the next year or just spending money or um, or really taking that as an opportunity to get some work experience and, and understand of the day-to-day operations of what it is their career choices might be for the future. So, for example, I've got some students that maybe they've, they think they want to become a veterinarian when they grow up. So, they've taken a job, summer job, just working in a local vet's office. So, just to kind of give them some contacts and give them an understanding of what may be expected of them one day. Other than that, we, of course, there's there's a student that's having the opportunity just to spend some downtime with friends as they're all looking forward to going off to wherever they've chosen to attend college and spend some last time together before they get started in the fall, too. Now, for, for me, after I got out of high school, I performed an internship that helped me to get to know the radio station that I was going to work at, and, and uh, I wasn't paid for it. I, I was able to earn some course credit. Are those opportunities easily available for uh, those who are high school graduates to perhaps take something that they've learned throughout the summer and put that towards course credit? Um, not as much high school going into college. Um, I, I will tell you, though, Hoover I think is a little bit unique. There's other schools, of course, in Alabama that have this, but we actually have academies within our curriculum. So a student would be taking, of course, their core classes, what's taken, what's needed to graduate high school, but then they also have elected to choose to be in the healthcare academy or the law academy or engineering academy or business finance academy or IT academy or education academy. Within the high school curriculum, most of our academies require that the students complete an internship between the summer between their junior and senior year of high school. So a lot of our students have actually completed an internship before they ever come back to school to begin their senior year of high school. Now, that's not giving them college credit, certainly, mm. but it just gives them another understanding outside of the classroom work, again, of the day-to-day tasks and activities associated with a particular career. So for those students, they're able to kind of be able to decide before they even start college, do I really want to major in this? Do I really like it? So sometimes the value in doing an internship is not just helping you realize what you want to do, but actually realizing what you don't want to do as well. (laughs) Trying to figure Um, out one or the other. What about those young people who who may have no idea where they want life to take them? Maybe they're floundering or how can you help those students? Well, we we still, and it's, it's not jokingly, but kind of laugh when we say it 
can can tell a student undecided is still the largest major in the nation for incoming <laughs> freshmen. Um, sure, and and you know, and I do try to take the pressure off a little bit when I'm working with my students and just remind them that it's very possible the career that they're going to have after graduating from college isn't even invented yet. With the way technology is moving, with the way, I mean, with the way global communications and business and everything else is going, there are jobs being created every day that, that never existed the day before. Um, so for that student, we try to encourage them to look for a college that has a, a wide variety of majors, including things that they think they may like to do, but then also to understand that no matter where their college path will end, for the most part, every major has about the same two years worth of core classes that mirror kind of what they did in high school of English, history, math, science, and, and to focus on that. And while they're getting those courses out of the way or, or learning in those courses, visit the career center that's there at every college campus. The college career centers have amazing opportunities from every type of career inventory to one-on-one counseling. You're listening to Viewpoint. I'm Angie Norvell, your host, and we're talking with Cindy Bond, post-secondary and career specialist at Hoover High School. Now that the graduates are out of high school, what happens next? And we're focusing on college right now. As far as entrance exams go, Cindy, like those ACT numbers, are they a major deciding factor for a university? They are. They really have become a large part of college admissions. Now, I, I want to tell you that we we have an amazing many amazing opportunities within the state of Alabama for our students who want to stay in state, whether that's just because that's their comfort zone or for financial reasons, or because we have some opportunities here that are second to none. And I will tell you, our community college system, which is the two-year colleges, are there to serve our high school graduates and prepare them to either go to work with, within a career technical field or go on to transfer to a four-year college and university. And a lot of the students that we were talking about earlier that may, they just don't have an idea of what they want to study at. They don't have an idea of what they want to do, or they just feel a little bit unprepared to step into a four-year college environment where they're going to be moving out from home, living on campus, and, and doing that kind of thing, choose to start at our two year, one of our two-year colleges here in the state. Financially, it's, it's a little more affordable for those students. They can live at home because it's usually within driving distance of their home. And the same resources are available in terms of academic quality as well as tutoring and the career, you know, career centers, that kind of thing. The nice thing about the two-year system is they are able to offer admission to students who graduate from high school with an Alabama high school diploma. Um, And so the college placement test, the ACT or the SAT, is not necessarily a factor in admission for the two-year schools. So for our students who don't do as well maybe on the ACT or our students that don't even take the ACT, maybe they they would choose to start at one of the two-year schools. Now, the two-year school would use high school grades, high school curriculum, as well as something called a compass placement test. Upon transferring, that doesn't limit them to only being able to earn that two-year degree. They can actually, after completing that two-year degree, transfer on to a four-year college and finish a four-year degree without having taken the ACT. Now, for for a lot of our four-year colleges, the ACT has become a large factor in admission, both public and private. 
Um, those schools are looking at high school curriculum, if they've taken the courses required for admission, as well as how they, the students did in those classes. And then they're additionally looking at those ACT or SAT scores. We're in the state of Alabama, having um, partnered with basically ACT and every student in Alabama taking the ACT while in high school now is a more commonly used test or, or frequent more something that's more commonly spoken about, I guess, at any of the four-year colleges. Um, but it's, it has become a very important factor, not only for admission, but, but really for scholarship purposes. Hey, Cindy, what about extracurricular activities? Does that make a more well-rounded student? Do they find that if someone's in, heavily involved in extracurricular activities, does that bode well for them or against them? You know, in the general admission process, um, they're really, the, the top things they're looking for are going to be the coursework curriculum, how they did in that, and then their, their standardized test scores. However, that, those extracurricular activities really can be pulled into this equation, especially for scholarship consideration, as well as a way to connect members within that university to that prospective student, to reach out to them, help them realize that, you know, if you've been really involved with Habitat for Humanity throughout high school, we We've got that Habitat for Humanity here in college, and we know in order for you to be comfortable and happy, you want to continue that that extracurricular activity. And so we want to make sure we connect those students to that organization. Same thing for athletics. They may not be playing for the college, but with intramural athletics or Greek life, if that's what they're interested in. So that high school resume is important. Um, not as important for admission at a, a public college or university. Now, when you begin to look at the really competitive um, colleges and universities, that also can become a factor in admission. And, and the more competitive colleges and universities typically are looking at more factors for admission. So they're looking at all the the grade things, the academic coursework, but they're also looking at character, extracurricular, and trying to make an overall decision based on the whole student and what the needs of that university are. Um, so for, but for public universities, four-year colleges in our state, admission-wise, is they're looking more at the academic profile of the student. I see. Uh, we're talking with Cindy Bond, post-secondary and career specialist at Hoover High School, about our graduates and what they're facing. We're looking at every month, the State Labor Department lets us know where the jobless rate stands in our state. Now, numbers remaining about 6.7% for the past couple of years. Are you finding that those seniors graduating in the past couple of years have more job opportunities to choose from, or is there intense fighting to get at what few jobs are out there? I think it is really hard for our high school graduates to find employment. What we've got is a situation where many adults are going back to work, maybe retirees are going back to work to, to supplement their income or as, as, as people, job, the job market and the job employment opportunities became more and more precious, obviously those people with their education under their belt or having, you know, finished their education have been a little more successful in gaining that job. I've noticed this year especially is there are more students that are beginning to recognize the value of career technical education and doing 
seeking out those jobs that offer employment following earning a two-year degree, maybe the certification, something in welding, plumbing, right. electrician, or early childhood education, where where you are a qualified applicant to work after completing a certificate program. I mean, I will tell you right here in the Birmingham area, we've got some, some community colleges that are putting out students prepared to enter the workforce and ready to, to begin earning their life salary. Um, Lawson State with the automotive program that they've got there, Jefferson State Community College with their culinary program, or, you know, and, that, and that's just throwing out something that jumped to my mind, but some of the, the programs that are available um, really match the state's initiative of having graduates that are college and or career ready. And that's something that I've I've begun to really appreciate for these students that they may not want to go on and earn a four-year degree and then go on to graduate school or professional school. They really are ready to work, but they understand they need the training. They need the specialization that they can be prepared to work in an environment of all the emerging business that our state's leaders have brought into Alabama. And, and, and I, think that's, I think that's a great thing. Have you found that your students' attitudes towards life, or, are they more optimistic about the future, or do they seem a little pessimistic? I think our kids are definitely optimistic. I mean, it's hard not to be when, when you have a question about something and you can go to the Internet and, and see what those answers may be, or you can see what opportunities may be out there. Um, and and I do think that our students are are wonderful goal setters. You know, they they can see for the most part the the long term. They can have the long term vision of if this is what I want to become, this is what it's going to take to get me there. And and so I think I think there is a sense of optimism about it. I think the world that we're living in has opened up so many opportunities for our students. It's just a matter of being able for them to have the confidence and courage to step step up and take it. And when it comes to the class of 2015, what can uh, folks listening now who maybe have a junior who's about to become a senior in high school, what can they do to get ready for the future and get that senior year put together properly? Should be visiting some colleges and universities, taking that college tour, that college trip. And I would say also, if you do have a student that's kind of thinking, I'm not really sure, but I may be interested in something like radio and television, I would say to that parent, they need to make sure they're going to their school. And, and talking to their grade level counselors and making sure if there is a course available. Thanks for joining us today, Cindy. I'm E.G. Norbell. This is Viewpoint Alabama. You've been listening to Viewpoint Alabama, a public affairs program from the Alabama Radio Network. The opinions expressed on Viewpoint Alabama are not necessarily those of the staff, management, or advertisers of this station. If you have any comments or questions about the program, please send an email to viewpointalabama at arnnet.com. You can also send a letter to the Alabama Radio Network, 600 Beacon Parkway West, Suite 400, Birmingham, Alabama, 35209. Thanks for listening, and please tune in next week for another Viewpoint Alabama from the Alabama Radio Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. (laughs) 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.